Thanks, Gary. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the CCC Family Christmas Service. I don't know how I'm going to follow that video today. There's not much to say after, after that narrative of the Christmas story, but I'm going to do my best. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, Christmas is only uh, three days away. Did you guys know that? Um, seems like this year it came really fast, uh, as opposed to last year, which um, seemed like it didn't come as fast. But um, I think it's important this time of year, you know, as things are really busy, that, that we kind of slow down today. I thought it'd be fitting to kind of talk about what it is that we celebrate um, during this Christmas season. And for that, I'm going to get a little help from, from C.S. Lewis. And if any of you have ever read C.S. Lewis, you know that he has a, a way of explaining, you know, these complex thoughts in, in, in just, you know, a couple sentences in which, you know, you and I can understand them. And I thought that these words that he said about Christmas from mere Christianity were fitting. He said this, The Son of God became man to enable men to become sons of God. And I'm going I'm to read that again. The Son of God became man to enable men to become sons of God. And so we recognize that, that what's so special about this Christmas season and what we celebrate is, is that God, in fact, became man. And, and through this incarnation of Christ, you and me and, and everyone is introduced to the pinnacle of God's divine revelation to mankind. The word became flesh, and this is a, a message that, that never gets old. I never get tired of hearing this, this Christmas story. Of course, we know that God reveals himself to us many other ways, um, and these are kind of split into two camps. On one hand, we have God's general revelation of himself, and this comes through things like nature. God reveals himself through what has been made, through, through what he has created. Another way is through uh, the recorded history of mankind, okay? We have, we have the scriptures where, where God rose up a nation of Israel, and he continues to preserve that nation even to today. Um, and then lastly, I don't know if you've ever thought about this one, but just the existence of human beings is evidence of God's creation. And I think it was Paul David Tripp who said that you only have to look uh, to the end of your fingertip to find evidence of the glory of God. It's because the scriptures tell us that we're born, or we're made in God's image. So, so you and I are, are image bearers of God. And, and because of that, human beings have value. Okay, so, so you and I are valuable because we're made in God's image. Well, how does, how does God reveal himself through nature? What, what do the scriptures have to say about that? And uh, for that, we can turn to Psalm 19.1, which says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. So we see that God reveals himself through what has been made. And this is why at night we can look up at the moon and the stars and we can say, you know, wow, you know, the universe is so vast. It's so big. We're just this little speck, you know, in, this, in the entire universe. There just has to be a God. Um, 
Another reason is, is why we can look at the sunset, and we can observe the beauty, and we can say, you know, wow, that's so beautiful. There has to be a God, right? Um, speaking of sunsets, last year, Jules and I, for our anniversary, we went to Sedona, Arizona, and one of the things that we thought was interesting about visiting this town was that around 6.30, 7 o'clock, the whole entire town shuts down and everyone goes outside to watch the sunset. So literally, the, the stores close and, and people drive out to the middle of the desert to watch this uh, spectacle. And as it gets closer for the time for the sun to set, you know, more and more cars uh, and even buses of people pull up and and, and unload, and we all are just standing there, and, and everyone's watching this sunset in the desert. And if you've never seen a desert sunset, it's one of the most beautiful things ever. And, and, and we've seen some pretty things. You know, we've been to Branson, right? Uh, we, Sedona was, was not as beautiful as Branson, but it was close. <laughs> and um, the same thing happened at the Grand Canyon, uh, we, we went to the Grand Canyon one day, and we sat by, uh, on the bus, people from Austria, and, we, and the, on the other side of us were people from Holland. And we thought that it was weird that, um, you know, people from all around the world kind of drawn to this area uh, to see God's beauty on display. And this points to the fact that there's something within us that draws us to these sort of things, like, like the beauty of God's creation. It's it's built into us. And Romans 1, 19 through 20 explains why this is so. It says, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God has made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and divine nature have clearly been seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. So, that, so we see in nature that uh, there's enough evidence which points us to the existence of God. But this isn't always the conclusion that we make as human beings. And um, I noticed that on the stage of our decorations, we have some snowflakes. And, you know, you hear things about snowflakes, that everyone's different. I don't know if that's the case, but it kind of reminded me of... Uh, a Russian photographer who I follow on Instagram. And uh, his whole page is dedicated to taking pictures of snowflakes on a macro level. And if you've never seen these pictures, they're, they're amazing. I don't know if the slide's behind me, but, but if you just look at it, you can see the detail and you can see the amount of design that takes place um, on a microscopic level. And one of the things I like to do um, on Instagram is, is read the comments section. Some people avoid the comments section, but I like to read what people are saying. And it was filled with comments of like people saying, wow, you know, God's amazing. He's such a great designer. It was just filled with those sort of comments. Um, but what I didn't know is that this particular individual that had the page is a devout atheist. And he responded to, to one of these people who wrote, on his feed, and he said, everyone's welcome on my page, but God is not. And I was sort of struck by that statement because what this demonstrates is that it's possible to be exposed to God's design 
through nature and, and not connect the dots. We can miss it, okay? And this is where um, God's special revelation comes into the picture. We need, we need more information so that we can enter into this relationship with Jesus, and it comes through God's special revelation. And this comes through him speaking directly through people. We have a record of, of God speaking through the prophets and the apostles. Okay, there's the phrase, thus saith the Lord, many, many times. It's God directly speaking through people. That's his divine revelation. And uh, we also see him doing this through all the other writers of the books of the Bible, the 66 books, because the Holy Spirit inspired these authors to, to pen um, what they said. And then lastly, as we um, draw near towards Christmas, we see God's revelation, the pinnacle of God's revelation, through the birth of Jesus Christ. And this happens in the Christmas story. And for that, um, that's what we're going to talk about today. And I know the video did a great job of already explaining it. Um, so I'm not going to repeat the whole story, but I do want to kind of provide some context because we're going to pick up um, in the middle of the story today. So if you have your Bibles, would you please turn to Luke chapter 2. Well, as the story goes, you can kind of remember that um, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken. And then if you remember Mary, who was with child at the time, and, and Joseph traveled from Nazareth to Judea and then up to Bethlehem, which is also called the city uh, of David. And it is there that Mary gives birth. And if you remember, the baby's wrapped in cloths and laid in a manger because there was no room for them at the end. And then it's here that we see the plot transition, okay? It, it goes out to the shepherds in the fields who were watching over their flocks. And, and an angel appears to them, and the glory of God is, is shown around them, and, and the angel tells them to not be afraid. And that's where we're going to pick up today uh, in our verse. Can we please stand as we read Luke 2, chapters 10 and 11? And this is what the angel said to them. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Uh, Lord, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you for your divine revelation through Jesus Christ that we can celebrate during Christmas. Lord, we pray that we wouldn't take that for granted this morning. We wouldn't miss it. I pray that we would... Uh, see Christ for who he is, the Savior to, to save us, Lord. And we, we just thank you for him. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So the angel said to them, do not... Okay, sorry. <laughs> well, we know uh, from the angel's message that there was something special that had taken place here with the birth of this child. And it was something that... We, that that was good news. In verse 10, we read, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. And the word here for good news, uh, the, the, the phrase bring good news, literally means I preach gospel. That's um, what it means to announce this good news. And this, this word that was used especially relates to an announcing the good news um, in this gospel message. And what's so special about this message is that it applies to everyone universally. It wasn't just for the people who were at the scene. It wasn't just 
good news for the shepherds, this message extends to all people at all times, even to you and me. And in the same way that that these people are drawn to the beauty of God's general revelation, you remember I, I was talking about the sunset and the Grand Canyon and how people come from all over to see these things. People were drawn to witness the birth of Christ from all over. Okay, you remember we have, we have men from the east who were, who were basically uh, foreigners from another nation that came to witness this. And we have shepherds in the mix who were probably the lowest on the economic totem pole that you could get. All this diverse people coming to see this spectacle. And uh, we see that the message of the gospel and what we celebrate of Chris, at Christmas with the birth of Christ is the most inclusive message. And it actually has the power to unite people from all walks of life, whether you know, you're a different ethnicity, uh, race, if you're a different income status. If there's one thing that you can unite people, it's this gospel message. And what is this message? Well, the next verse the angel tells us in chapter 11 by saying, Today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And the, word for, the Greek word for Christ here literally means Messiah. And I like a, a parallel verse in Matthew of, of his version of the Christmas story. Expands on what the Messiah was to accomplish in his version of the Christmas story. In Matthew 1 verses 21, he says... This is the angel talking to Mary. He says, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's what the Messiah came to do. And so you have to remember in the context of our story, it takes place where God's chosen people, the Jews, were waiting anxiously for the Messiah. Okay, they were were waiting for one who would liberate and restore the nation of Israel. And this is the one whom they were waiting for. He was was prophesied many years before. In Isaiah 14, uh, he prophesied that the Messiah would be born of a virgin. And we know that this happened at the birth of Christ because virgin births don't happen that often. And so you can kind of connect the dots there. And uh, in addition, Micah 5.2 says that the Messiah would specifically be born in the town of Bethlehem. This is, this is almost 400 years before he was born, the, the exact town that it was going to happen. And so these people had been waiting for a long time for someone who would save them. And, and you know, as um, we think about how, how this relates to us, it seems like this whole Advent season um, is about waiting. We this year at our table, we do the Advent candles, um, and it's all, about, it's all about waiting for Christmas. And I don't know if you remember, you know, as a kid, it seemed like we waited all year to open presents at the end of the year, and it, it just seemed like it took forever. And then as adults, we think about the, the holiday season, and it reminds us of some of the best memories that we had with family and friends over the years. And, and many of us, you know, we can't wait till this time of year. And um, then at the, the end of the year, 
as we celebrate the New Year's, on New Year's Eve, we, it kind of gives us another chance to start over and to hit the reset button. And it's just something that we wait all year, for, all year long for. But I just want to ask you guys a question about waiting today. And uh, do any of you remember what it's like to be waiting for a Savior? And uh, I remember what that was like. And uh, there's another story about someone else who was waiting for this Savior. Uh, In the following verses, we read of Simeon's encounter with Christ. And uh, it was custom for, you know, on the eighth day, uh, the Jewish children would be circumcised in the temple. And, uh, I'm sorry. Simeon saw this child and he recognized that he was the long-awaited Messiah that he was looking for. He held up uh, this child and said, My eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all people. A light of revelation to the Gentiles. That's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about God's revelation. And the glory of your people, Israel. And so you see what we celebrate at Christmas is this light of, of revelation. And it's for everyone. It's for all people. And uh, that's truly what Christmas is about. Um, God's revelation of his Savior for you and for me through the birth of his son, Jesus. And guys, we don't want to miss this. While we live in a world that's often uh, offers no room for a savior, at Christmas time, we can celebrate God's open invitation to come into a relationship uh, with him through his son, Jesus. And I'm going to, uh, as Gary comes up and, and plays um, a closing song, I'm going to Give an invitation to do that today. I know you're here to watch your children, your grandchildren sing Christmas songs, and, and that was great, but perhaps you're here today and you've never had a chance to respond to the revelation of Jesus Christ, that he is your Savior. And I would like to invite you to do that today. If, if we could all bow our heads, if, um, if you're here today, you've never had a chance to trust Christ. You can do that simply by acknowledging your sin before the Lord. And you can do that with a simple prayer like this. You can say, Lord, I know that I've sinned, and I know that my sin separates me from you, but I know that you sent Jesus into the world to to die for my sins, to take my place on that cross. And Lord, I just want to ask you, you would forgive my sins, and I want to trust Christ. I I want to follow Jesus. And I want to trust him as my Lord and Savior. And if you prayed that prayer today, then the scriptures say that you've passed from death to life, that you have eternal life, not on the basis of what you have done, but on the basis of what Christ has done by dying on the cross. Lord, we thank you so much today for um, this Christmas story and that we can just take a few moments to reflect on, on how you've revealed yourself to us. And Lord, sometimes because of our hearts, we suppress that. And we're sorry for that. We thank you so much for 
all that you've done for us. We thank you for your love for us. And um, we thank you so much for this Christmas season. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.